Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my show. I'm your host, Diana Belarus, award-winning, best-selling author, fire and ice, returning transformation, the light within. You can find out more about me on my website, dianabelarus.com, as well as download today's podcast and subscribe. Thank you so much for all the listeners from all over the world, and I'm happy my radio show is helpful for you, and you're getting the kind of a tools you need in the turbulent time we live in. So today we have author Aileen Vargas. Aileen Vargas, one of six daughters of surgeon father and nurse mother, grew up in Calera, Florida after her parents divorced. She attended a series of Parochi schools, moving frequently through her adolescence. She graduated from Miami Beach Senior High School. Vargas later graduated from the University of Miami with bachelor's degree in journalist broadcast media. And she is with us today, and welcome, Elaine Vargas. And if she wants to add something to her um, bio, this will be great so we can get to know her. And she has written absolutely fabulous books that everybody can use it. A lot of people are going through the same thing as her, uh, titled Parallels. So welcome, Elaine Vargas. I'm so happy to have you on my show as well as the who are with us and who are going to listen to the show. Please tell us more about you and your book. Okay. Hi, Diana. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you and all of our listeners worldwide. Uh, it's really an opportunity to be able to say, hey, um, we all live in the same world and we all have the same sort of things going on sometimes. Unfortunately, my background, very simple. I'm one of six girls, six daughters. Uh, my father was a surgeon. My mother was a nurse. It's the proverbial doctor meets nurse. Uh, I was born in Hialeah, Florida. Um, and the thing is that I felt it was important to write my book um, to be able to help women and young girls and then the men in their lives um, because, as we know, the first man in a young girl's life is her father. And if he does not empower and support and cherish and truly love her, her life skids terribly off the rails many times with sometimes no hope of recovering. And I wanted to take the reader by the hand, show them what happened to me, give them a boost, yank them from the trauma that was swallowing them up um, to possibly prevent them never to be able to realize their full potential. And so with me, there was all kinds of abuse my sisters and myself, there was the spiritual, emotional, the verbal, the physical, the psychological, and that was coupled with neglect. As I talked about a father being the first man in a girl's life, uh, the thing is that fathers just just don't take the time uh, to be with their daughters, to be with their children. And what happens is that we become products as a damaged child, and we don't trust, and we're not quite certain uh, if we're really a valid human being. Um, and so, you know, if we don't get the basics, we, we get in a lot of trouble. And uh, a neglectful father, I have found, is far more common and uh, produces a child who is more subtly impaired. 
so the thing is that it's important to be able to say, okay, yeah, sometimes things will go well, but sometimes uh, there's lots of trouble. And I have found that children who grow up without the assurance that their dad will be there always, no matter what, whether physically or emotionally, um, it just really doesn't bode well for their lives. And uh, the thing is that I grew up with an angry father. And I think it was because that life was unkind to him, maybe. And so in turn, these are mistakes he could never recover from. And so he wasn't available to be a fun dad for us. And the result is I was that young person who craved a lot of praise um, so much. And I felt very easily slighted. Um, I lacked easy confidence that would have come from having a dad who was really there for me in my early childhood and even later. And then, you know, I, I just got stuck. That's really the best way to say it. So the thing is that um, with this particular book, uh, it is told in flashbacks and graphic anecdotes, um, just like we think, you know, as vivid recollections bringing the reader along with me to revisit those places that have been stuffed down and repressed. And what I learned from writing the book um, after having the opportunity to live in three countries, I lived in uh, China, uh, the Kingdom of Bahrain, and Portugal, um, there are so many of us suffering, and we're in a vortex, unable to see a glimpse of life outside of the suffocating abuse, uh, abusive hand of another, and, and thinking we just don't deserve better. We settle for crumbs. And my hope was that my story could give understanding and strength and hope and escape from the life of abysmal doom um, that leads one stumbling into one calamity after another. So my book, Parallels, Surviving the Legacy of Pain, people have asked me, what does that mean? Well, just like parallel lines as in railroad tracks or as you draw lines in a math class, each choice we make will cut a groove for our future benefit or to our detriment. Well, none of us were able to stay on a straight road, and we had to try and figure out a lot of it on our own. There was a lot of crashing and burning. So... Because of that, it took me 15 years of starting and stopping, rewriting, pushing it away, giving up temporarily. It's, it's a story. It's my story of pain. And, and that was the hardest thing for me to write, I, I think for a lot of authors too. And I do believe in writer's block because writer's block comes after a lot of self-talk, which uh, destroys the fresh creative juice that ignites the initial passion to put a pen to paper or stroke a keyboard after a haul. Who would be interested in my story? But in my travels and just li living, I knew that there were many out there who wanted to hear a story and say, hey, I'm not alone. I I've experienced it. You just told my story. But I really want to encourage my listeners that if they have a story, that's story in their souls, in, in their hearts, that's itching to get out, just take that baby step, then another, even if it's just a few sentences at a time. Maybe have a special notebook or create a file that you can continue to write in. You know, just like that young seed, it will blossom into a plant or a flower or a fruit that maybe you hoped for. And 
you know, I think some of the best ideas come from our own real lives. You, you don't have to make them up. They, you know what they are. When people have told me their innermost secrets, they open up about how they look back, the regrets of the past, or they're less than confident about decisions for their future, I suggest they write it down, even not in a proper sentence. It's okay. Maybe a few key words. Tell it straight. Don't get fancy. That won't impress you. What's going to help you is just to get it out. And don't forget, the editing will come later. And that, that's another thing. When you are that girl like me, perfectionism is prevalent in the life. And I kept editing and editing and editing until finally I had somebody who said, hey, I can help you edit this. Stop. Just write. Just put your thoughts. Put your heart out there. So, um, you know, it's not all about the misery and the pain. But, you know, I had to find other things to have my life develop more for me. And I think some of the things that I did were maybe learning about what I was doing as I was writing. And so as I was writing, I learned, again, as I'll say, that there were many of us out there who wanted to find our special quality maybe a unique way of bringing a story to life. And I never sacrificed my voice. My voice has the anguish. It has the pleading. It has the softness, the tenderness of a child. And then it morphs into a woman that has anger and then suffocates her vitality. And so I morphed from a young girl to a young woman with more of a sense of maturity, but bringing along all of what I just mentioned to you. I just knew more, and it's that knowing quality when life experience settles in. I've had readers tell me that they're amazed that I was able to survive what I talk about. Um, They speak about the passion of how beautifully written words can be and how they can just tap the inner being. And they suffer similar or maybe the same consequence. And they wanted to just stretch out their hands to that girl and sue that young woman. But most of all, they gave their nod, that all-knowing look. Um, You know, the kind that we have a connection. Thank you for bringing this pain to the surface. Um, Because when you grow up, as I did, in that type of environment, That's what I knew. That's what I sought multiple times. I hadn't learned my lesson. I did not know anything else. And that's what I talked about way at the beginning when I started that you just get stuck. And so it took a lot of, a lot of years and able to, to be able to take off this, this horrible trauma, this coat that was just pounding me into the ground. And so I thought by bringing in the five senses, you know, I, as a writing teacher, I said, well, it makes a good story. Well, I wanted my reader to see. I wanted them to taste, to touch, to hear, to smell. And everything that I thought was so critical to a good story and really helped that reader walk with me, which is critical. And I will tell you that at times I felt energized when I had a scene that rolled around in my mind and I rushed to write 
fast notes, later promising myself that I draw out the thoughts into more formal sentences. I guess you could also use your phone to record random thoughts when you're on the go. That's a great use of technology. This was painful. It was long ago, stuffed down, unsettled, and, of course, unforgiven for me, that is. So these reflections, they exhausted me. The flashbacks, they did, but I didn't quit. It was 15 years. I did not quit. And that's one thing I want to leave with my listeners. And it was almost to the point, the exhaustion, that I would had to lay down or at least sit still and maybe in a big armchair where I could hug myself with oversized pillows, maybe my little dog snuggling next to me. Uh, the little warmth of his little body reminding me that I was still lost in that little girl's world. We We are. And sometimes when we maybe have an outburst, that's our childlike outburst too. And it's okay, forgive yourself. I, I kind of thought that my father was still there, that he was still alive. But wait a moment, I was alive and I had to say, this is my life. I had already survived this agonizing, caustic, harrowing legacy. But I did repeat it several times in my adult relationships too. Because I remember I talked about the crumbs. No, I, I didn't have to settle for crumbs until I finally was able to stand up. And this is as a grown woman. That little girl was still around, though. And so, you know, I, I, somebody asked me one time, hey, did you ever consider writing um, under a pseudonym? You know, not my real name. <laughs> well, I thought about it. <laughs> I thought my family might be angry with me, but the truth is the truth and the story stands. Um, one of the girls had suggested one time I, I pick out the name Nina. It has words in English, French, German, Italian, Polish, Russian, and Swahili. And it means girl in Spanish. And I thought that was appropriate. It was my then life as that forgotten little girl. With her childhood robbed, it was forsaken, and it was forgotten. And the thing is that this was an original story, of course. I, I put the best words to capture my feelings. It took lots of rewrites, as I said. I, I didn't want to leave you behind, you know, as you're reading the story, wondering why I didn't delve deeper um, to take you down that path. But I think most people like to peer into another person's life. We all have a bit of voyeurism within us, and we have an insatiable sense of curiosity. I don't think anybody could really be a true writer unless, the emotions are the key. Their emotions are the key to writing this gripping story without the rawness, the unpolished moments that make up most of our lives and just able to grab them and slap them down on paper. Otherwise, that's, that great story just floats away like a balloon, you know, slipping away from a, a child's grasp and it's never owned again. And I think that language, the word, punctuated us girls, the destructive words. We were like tender little shoots, like plants, and we were uh, pierced, much like uh, a, a plant, as I mentioned to you before. And they became bullets that wounded us so deeply within our guts. Our souls were bent, and we were twisted. There was no one to give us 10 good girl strokes. You know, you give 10 girl, good girl strokes or every one bad girl assault. We were just left to lick our wounds, and that was an agony as a silent sickness of PTSD, it was like a blood-soaked rag. It was very impressionable. We, were, we had an innocent psyche. It was a damage almost impossible to recover from. And sometimes I would say, well, what kind of uh, the research, as I said? Well, 
uh, I over-research. Remember the perfectionism I talked about? And I've, I've, I've worked on it. I've gotten much better at it. And I just didn't want to leave out any facts. I thought they were all really important. I, I felt satisfied as almost as if I were sitting in a class. I, I will tell you that, uh, Deanna. And the teacher would call on me, and I'd have to, you know, mention an incident, and I would start to shake and reverberate with the listener at the core. And that's what I wanted them to feel. And writing is about words, and each thought needs just that right word. And so there were so many – I'm sorry? That's true. Absolutely. It's the right word with the reader. Yeah, can get the right message you're trying to convey. Right, exactly. And, yeah, there were a lot of edits out of the book. Um, but, again, I, I respected my reader, and I knew that they would get the meaning um, of this. So the thing is that I feel that I did change some of the names of the characters, um, and I felt that I still got the message across. Um, the other thing I want to mention to you is that there were a lot of hard scenes to write. One of them is called Laundry Room. And you will see in the book, it's amazing how, again, a professional could look at his daughters in the way that my father did and yet go on with his life. Um, that was very hard for us. Um, the thing is that the perfectionism that I talked about, that I made a lot of mistakes as an adult woman also, it happens when I was striving to place myself within sight of that one man that you know. Remember the father? He's the first man in a young girl's eyes. Well, I kept doing the same thing, hoping that men in my grown-up life would also want me and would seek me out. And so I searched and searched, and finally I, I was able many, many years later to find that special man. And so the thing is that I think that one of the most difficult uh, part of the process, of the artistic process of writing, is just starting the first sentence that you draw from bits of papers, maybe some notes that are written on other notes that have nothing to do with your story, but it's the first thing you grabbed while you thought that thought was churning inside your brain. Again, you have to combat that who would want to read my story? What do I have to offer? Who really cares? I don't matter, right? I mean, that's what I always heard in my mind when I thought maybe I could do it, I could do it. You have to validate yourself. We've heard this before. You can do this. Surround yourself with your cheerleaders uh, that want to see this come alive. Um, families may not be supportive, but that's okay. You have yourself, and you always go. I told you I've lived in three different countries, including my own country. And I had to be with myself all the time. So I, I will say I, it is hard to describe, but I stopped trying to do it all alone as I'd been so artfully groomed as a child, which was bound to do me. But I know God takes me where I needed to be. I stopped fighting him as I did for so many years, and I was able to get a sense of self-worth and a newfound appreciation that I mattered and that I had a gift for so many throughout the world. So, parallel. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Elaine. We have somebody online probably that have a question. Hi, who is this? Yes. Can you introduce yourself? 
Hi, how are you doing? Hello? Hello, hi, how are you? Hello. Yeah. I'm doing good, I'm doing good. I was just uh, listening. I had a lot to say, but then I said, I was listening more, and then I lost it, and I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. Um, it's, it, sound, it sounds like, it sounds like um, that there was a time when you, when you were talking about yourself and all about you, but was there ever a time when it was about something else other than you, like a child? Have you ever had to forfeit your freedom because there's a, another person you have to take care of now? Absolutely. And I okay. was uh, put in the position as being a surrogate wife and mother to my younger sisters. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So, so all that stuff you're talking about, which is what I'm listening to, would, would you consider that to be your credentials, your abilities? Would you consider it that way or no? Uh, my credentials to write my story? Well, your, your ability to empathize with people that, that are in those shoes, I would say it would be like that more or less. Yeah, absolutely, because when you're um, 14 years old and you're still trying to figure out life and you're, you know, and well, what does this mean and, you know, who am I? And uh-huh. then you have to take care of siblings and you have to take care of a home and you have to placate the person who is the uh, decider in your life, whether or not the days uh-huh. will be good, long, and not. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I carry that with you. Can yes. I ask you a question in all honesty? Um, was the person you're speaking about, are they, would you consider them to be narcissist? Would you consider that or no? Of course. Of course. I talk all about that in my book. Absolutely. So that's, so, so that's an abuse. That's an abuse that you, that you had back when you were younger, that you, that you were able to get through, and today you're able to speak on those things so that people that might be going through the similar situation would identify with what you're saying and become the mirror because you're speaking the internal language, which is a mirroring effect, which people are going to reflect what you're projecting. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Unfortunately, I became an expert at this. (laughs) I wish I hadn't, but yes, I did. And as I say, I've lived throughout the world, so it doesn't get better. And I see women throughout the world that are going suffering and they don't have alternatives and they do not have choices okay so you're bringing awareness you're bringing awareness to a situation that needs something where it needs light so people can see what you're saying and from that standpoint take a look and see where you're coming from which is your heart is that correct absolutely i wrote from my heart that's why it took 15 years this was this was well, god, it, bless it, it, uh, god bless you god bless you you're 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 you're, you're, you're you take big steps, and I, I just just want to I want to acknowledge that you know that's a beautiful thing. So, thank you so much. I really appreciate I really appreciate you calling in today. Um, my book, Parallel: Surviving the Legacy of Pain, is available on Amazon, any local, national, or international bookstore or seller. And I'm also here locally in Florida. I inscribe, and I I will sign of the book for you and send a special note to somebody. Send the book out as a gift or send it to them. And my, uh, you can, my email is EileenParallels at Yahoo.com, E-I-L-E-E-N-P-A-R-A-L-L-E-L-S 
at yahoo.com. And I'd be remiss in not mentioning my, my wonderful husband, Robert Heisey, and we both work and we help folks uh, at Primerica Financial to guide families, individuals, and companies establish solutions so they have a solid fi- a financial foundation. Another one of my passions is travel. <laughs> I've been sort of landlocked here. But I visited over 42 countries, and I lived in three, and there's still so much more to visit. I love cooking and baking and hospitality and boating and swimming, and I'm a certified scuba diver. And But anyway, um, yeah, I enjoy uh, doing all that. So, again, um, para- Parallel Surviving a Legacy of Pain is available worldwide, and I definitely can send it to you if you want to send me an email, Parallels at yahoo.com. Amazing. That's just so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. much for calling. It was amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, you know, I talked about financially, and I want to bring people out of their emotional bankruptcy that are always on the verge of collapse and worry. So, and I think this is a book that definitely will help, and um, definitely I am there to be tapped as a resource for this to speak about this further. Beautiful. You know, we need more people like you, um, which are step, step, which are rising above the problems of today and being this, being this leader, you know, position. And, and it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just a testimony, a testimony of how people can come from underneath the bondage that they're under, believing what they were magnifying and if they have problems yeah. that they perceive are problems, they magnify these problems until they become like a mountain. Yeah. And they need to get free from that. And your ability to tutorial picture um, mm. where people can see things, then, then the mountain goes away and their possibilities become what they are, possibilities. And we want to take advantage yeah. of the possibilities in our minds, grab hold of one, whether it be health, wealth, or whatever it is, and and bring it into who we are, and with the love in our heart, put some love into it and make it become a reality in the world that we live in. So by doing so, you're making the world a better place for you and me. Still a lot of work to do, though. Uh, Still a lot of work. My writing, yes, and speaking, as I have the opportunity with Diana to do, also to get over the airwaves um, across the world is definitely one one small little, little piece of it. But yes. Thank you. That's cool. That's yeah. That's beautiful. I just wanted to just acknowledge that you know the the things that people do are the actions, and a lot of people don't see the actions. They see the miracles, yes, but they never pay attention to the actions that led to the miracle. And we have to pay more attention. That's all. This is true. This that's is very true. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, if we're gonna be honest. And we don't have to sugarcoat anything. Yeah. We can just be honest and enjoy the benefits of being honest. And that's that's really a blessing. Yes. Yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. So Yeah, being negative, yeah. uh it's not a way to live and to fix things. You have to be positive, find the good things in the bad things and Things are going to start working for you and everybody else. Yes, simple. yes. Yes, that would be my hope. That would be my hope, my desire. Absolutely. So um, I'm also um, 
my heart is for women and of course uh, what a lot of them go through um, in life and one of those is not understanding how to take care of themselves so that they can hold their heads high and I'm working on uh, a second book and it's going to be dealing about women and money and I think the most neglected underserved sector of our society so um, God willing that will be coming out within the next um, within this next six months so awesome that's beautiful I'm, I'm involved in this kind of activity myself i don't i'm a guy though but i look back <laughs> at my life and i see the i see the women that were involved and i and i and I, I i look at it and i go well oh my goodness you know i look at my involvement you know and what they what they had to sacrifice in order to have my benefits you know like have my interest in their thought process and i wasn't able to see that until later in life because i sustained a traumatic brain injury that put me into a coma which changed everything for me. So it was more difficult to get a grasp on what was going on on the left side of the brain where most people operate from, but I was unable to do so, which put me at a disadvantage. And my life wasn't like what most people would think. It's not something I want to talk about, but it's something that I went through. So it's the experience that matters. And looking back now, I can see how love, took care of all that stuff that I made a mess of and made it very good for my future because we are talking about the future and we're talking about children like you and me and yeah. other people. So we, we just want to help encourage people and remind people that who they are in love, because if you ever open the door to your heart to someone, then there's a mirror there and that mirror is going to, be projecting to them and they're either going to reflect what you're projecting and they're not. And if they're not, that's an opportunity for you to keep that smile on your face, to keep the smile on your face, because sometimes love takes many assaults. And if you ever had an assault placed upon the existence of the love inside of your heart, it proves to you that your love is genuine and true. And that puts that smile back on your face so you can do what you do because that's what matters most to you. And by the way, (laughs) Love can be said with just your eyes, and that's no surprise. <laughs> that rhymes. Okay, well, that's true. We see a lot of eyes today, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> we see now, so. Thank you so much for calling. Yeah, we are out of time. Helene, can you please share a last words with the listeners, what I tell them before we go? And thank you so much for the caller. We didn't catch your name. My name is Wait. My name is Way Busy. That's my stage name is Way Busy. So that's what I go by on stage. But I realized I'm the same guy on stage as I am off stage. So it's Way Busy. And Way Busy is praising God because God is good to me all the time. All the time. So I'm very excited yes. about life. Because you're well, thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I thank really you. appreciate thank the you. opportunity. Uh, Thank you, Diana. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak today to your listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you share the places where people can buy books? Yes. 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 Uh, Parallel Surviving Legacy of Pain uh, is available at all booksellers on Amazon, um, your bookstore, local bookstore. I sell them also, and I can sign and describe them and send them to you also. And that's at Eileen parallels at yahoo.com you can reach me there wonderful thank you so much for being on my show thank you for sharing
there in your book. You can make a lot of difference with this book. We've been all through this traumatic experience, and most of us, we have the same experience. And if we speak about it and if we do something about it, we are going to be able to build blood for ourselves, and we're going to be able to help other people at the same time. So don't be shy. Don't hide it. Do your work for yourself and everybody else and speak, 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 write the book. It makes a difference. Thank you so much for the listeners. So thank you, Len, again. And the book is going is available on Amazon. You can just uh, write your name and the title of the book and it's very easy to find it. Until next time, love to everybody. Bring this love back into the world. Be positive. Uh, do everything in your power. Healthy and healthy means happy. Till next Friday. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks.